صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, listeners. It's February. It's subscriber month. COVID-19 restrictions have had a wide-reaching social and financial impact on 3CR and our community of volunteers. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to keep going. We're a not-for-profit community radio license holder and a strong subscriber base is vital to our financial independence. We're community-owned and community-controlled. As we know, there's an ongoing and dire need for independent community-owned media. Media that is free of commercial influence and government bias. Media that speaks your language and gives voice to your community interests and concerns. Independent, community-owned media is unique, precious, and a necessary element of a functioning community. Palestine Remembered is unique. We volunteer our time and energy each week to bring you Palestine. 3CR is one of a kind. There are over 400 volunteers here, 120 shows, and we cater for everything from First Nation voices, community language, workers' rights, LGBTQI plus community, and a great mix of musical genres from opera to heavy metal, people with disabilities, alternative current affairs, and much, much more. Where else can you hear about Palestine? Anti-nuclear issues, union-run radio shows, anti-fascist analysis, and the amazing raft of music, views and voices present at 3CR. Independent community media is more important than ever and we hope you can show your support by becoming a member. I know you value independent community media and radio and that's why you need to help us keep 3CR on air. 3CR relies on our listeners and supporters to stay online, on air and on point. Do me a great big favour, do Palestine in Australia a favour, do 3CR a favour and subscribe today. You can do that at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Call the station if you don't want to use the internet. 94198377. 94198377. Press 1 and you can subscribe over the phone. Thank you so very much for your engagement, financial support and your commitment to keeping 3CR on the air. And now we're over to our show for this week. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. Our second show for the year, I'm very excited to be joined by Mel from Free Palestine, Melbourne, as well as the superstar Pello, Dr. Samah Sabawi, who's, as we know, an Australian-Palestinian playwright, author and poet. Outside the realm of art, she's also a policy advisor to Shabaka, Palestinian Policy Network, and the host of a new podcast and web series, The Book Room with Samah Sabawi. So I'll put a link to that in the podcast so you can look up The Book Room with Samah Sabawi. She had Tony Birch on last week. It was brilliant. Do yourselves a favour and get along to that. But today we're actually going to talk about Free Palestine Melbourne's upcoming forum. And the title of the forum is Al-Tatbi'a, which is signature, Freedom or Normalisation, Palestine, Israel and the Arab World. And there's a couple of superstar speakers aside from Samah Sabawi. Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azam, who's a Palestinian academic in the political science department in Berzir in Palestine, and Dr. Khaled Hroub, who's a Palestinian academic professor of Middle Eastern Studies at Northwestern University in Qatar. So a fantastic event. I'll put details again in the podcast. 
It's Wednesday, the 10th of February, so coming Wednesday. And at Melbourne time, it's at 8 p.m. It'll go for an hour and a bit. There's a dynamic discussion followed by 30 to 40 minutes of Q&A. So make sure you get along to that. The details are at fpmelbourne.org, fpmelbourne.org. Again, those details will be in the podcast. I'll hand over to Mel, who's going to be interviewing Samah with a little bit of help from me. Good morning, Mel. Good morning, Nasser. Thanks for having me. And thank you, uh, Samah, for joining us and for doing this this event with us. We're really, really excited to have you on board um, and to be on the panel. Thank you, Mel. And thank you, Nasser, for that generous and, and lovely introduction. But now I have to act like a superstar, I suppose. Well, you are a superstar. No, no words are enough, Samah. No words are enough. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I... Absolutely. And, we, you know, we know that we've got some star power on our panel, um, thanks to you joining us. So, yeah, we're very, very grateful and appreciative to have your voice in this discussion. That's lovely. But, Nasser, do you mind just cutting off all the star stuff? <laughs> I'm not cutting it out. Let's talk about freedom or normalization. That's much better. That's much more what I like talking about, um, the freedom and the beauty of our struggle and our resistance in the face of everything that's going on. And I really appreciate being uh, invited to this really timely panel to talk about what normalization really means at the time that we're in right now. Uh, I, I wanted to sort of kick it off with, I'm sure to most of the listeners, they'll know who you are, but to those people that are joining us, who might not be so familiar um, with who you are, Samar, I wonder if you might share with us a little bit, just a little bit about what your what it means for you to be Palestinian, where that journey has taken you. What it means for me to be Palestinian is a, a lifetime of understanding and learning and surviving, understanding how, you know, the history, our history, our uh, where we come from. How is it that today we have two-thirds of our population refugees? How is it that Israel could do what it has done to the Palestinian people? In essence, build an entire country on the ruins of a people's lives and, and culture and history and how it could get away with it. You know, a lifetime of trying to put together the pieces of this puzzle of the past in order to, to learn and to grow and to try to forge a way forward into the future. Uh, we have all inherited the Nakba from our families, from uh, our history. We have all been dispersed all around the world. Um, and we watch helplessly sometimes as we see our brothers and our sisters um, under the grip of Israel's brutal and ongoing uh, military occupation and apartheid and ethnic cleansing. What it means for me to be a Palestinian is to understand, a Palestinian here in Australia, is to understand that I have privilege and that with privilege comes responsibility. I have a voice and by having this voice, I need to make sure that I use this vo voice in order to do good in the world that I live in. Um, and so my work as, uh, as an artist, as a writer, has always been focused on trying to bridge together the past uh, with the present and try to offer and to imagine a future that can be better, a future that, that sees equality, human rights and justice at the core of our experiences going forward. So that's really in a nutshell what I do and what it means for me to be Palestinian. 
And I, I think people that were familiar with your work and have seen you speak know that this is what you bring bring to the table. Um, I know NASA at the outset told us, shared with us the work that you do as a, as a playwright, as an author. I wonder if you might speak to that concrete work and where um, listeners might be able to see some of your work uh, outside of this forum. I'll talk about the more recent stuff. So currently I have a play called Them. The play is inspired by the experiences of refugees in Syria, and in particular in their Muk refugee camp. And through this play, I try to bring to people in, in, in this beautiful uh, cities that we live in, bring them into the living room of a family who are in this war zone, who are having to make the decision whether to leave or to stay. So this play um, had great success when it was first performed in uh, 2019 and this year it's going to come back uh, starting with uh, a season at Art Centre Melbourne and it will be touring other places in Australia uh, and so I hope people get a chance to see it. Um, as well as that I've, I've got the podcast in, in the book room with Sama Sabawi and I'm fascinated by the idea of decolonizing literature and decolonizing the art uh, of storytelling going back to the basic where we tell the story of a people, not through the prism of the politics or um, uh, the maps and the figures and, and the statistics, although these are really important, especially in the post-truth world that we live in, but to also tell these stories and bring them home uh, at a level that resonates with the general public. And so I, I use uh, love stories. I use stories about families. I use stories about the everyday lives that we can relate to even here in Australia and, and in comfortable places around the world to tell the greater story of the injustice that takes place in different parts of the world. Uh, and I'm especially this year, I've dedicated much of my learning toward learning more about the uh, Indigenous rights movement in this country and to listen to Aboriginal stories as part of my own, I guess, as, as part of my own learning journey, I just feel that I need to know more. And no matter how much I read and I learn, I always find that I, I still need to understand that, to learn more uh, about this experience. So there's an intersectionality for sure in, in the work that I do and in the you know, the ideas that I bring to the table, but I try to bring them in a very non-academic and uh, a very humane way that other people can can watch and learn and stories that, that can stay with them beyond coming to the theatre. Gosh, that feeling of the more you learn and the more you hear and know, the, the, the more you realise how much you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, that, that absolutely resonates. And I think um, it is that quality that you... Um, grounding in the stories of people um, and taking the struggle away so much from the academic and the facts and figures, which is where I, um, we see that you bring real, a really nice rounded balance to this panel, given that um, Dr. Khaled Haroub and uh, Dr. Ahmed um, Azim are both, are both academics. Um, so it'll be a really nice balance for people watching the forum to, to get those various perspectives to this topic. The Black Lives Matter movement is not going away here or overseas. It gives me hope seeing the numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. 
We will succeed. Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. On that note, I guess I'm wondering when we reached out to you, what made you want to speak about this topic? What, what resonates with you in the here and now? Yeah, so with normalization, I've noted last year as as these Arab countries were signing accords with Israel, that there was a sense of demoralization that was taking place. There was a sense of doom and gloom that that we um, that that you know we're losing grounds and we're losing, you know, there was a sense of defeatism which which we were used to coming out of the Palestinian Authority. They they do have a very defeatist language and they've adopted this, these defeatist positions where their entire existence rests on the, the appeasement and the acceptance of you know, the, the big players, the US and Israel. And so I, I got a bit disturbed last year because to me, these normalization agreements and the failure of Oslo and Trump handing over Jerusalem, they're horrible events, I agree. But they are just a predictable ending to a chapter that we needed to end. Uh, the chapter of pretense where our entire struggle and resistance was put within a context of negotiating in a very asymmetrical power structure. And it rested on this idea of, you know, the Arab countries, pan-Arabism which really has is no longer true for our struggle. We are no longer part of the Arab region struggle. And I, I don't mean that we are not, I don't mean to say that their struggle is not ours or ours is not theirs, but I'm just saying we have become bigger than that. When Palestine, when the Palestinian struggle and resistance was put in the context of Arab nationalism, we had a very different world. Today, the Palestinian resistance is, has placed itself within social rights movements that are global. Um, and so our struggle um, for freedom, for justice, for equality is a struggle that mirrors struggles everywhere else in the world where there isn't freedom, where there isn't justice, where there isn't equality. So we've expanded, we've outgrown the idea of nationalism and we have, we're seeing more of of our language and our framing taking on this universal language and, and this universal framing. And I think this is really powerful. I don't think that the normalization spells the end of the story for us, because for as long as there are Palestinians, and for as long as we are resisting, and for as long as the oppression goes on, the resistance will continue. I'm just really looking forward to, to the next chapter, because I think in the next chapter, and I'm hoping that in the next chapter, we will have the right framing and we will have the right, the right ideas to power our struggle. Ours is a universal struggle for human rights, for equality, for justice. And I, I think there was this moment where the Black Lives uh, Movement in the US uh, lent its, publicly lent its support to the Palestinian cause. That, that moment to me was a very defining 
profound moment in our struggle where we have become a universal struggle. And so, yes, I'm disappointed to see the normalization at uh, the leadership level taking place in the Arab countries. But at the same time, I look at the people in the Arab world and I know that uh, they, you know, oppression expands. And what we're seeing is these powerful, tyrannical regimes trying to suppress their people and they're making friends with each other. This doesn't mean that Palestine is no longer an issue for, for our Arab brothers and sisters. Uh, and it might not be in the word, they might not think of it as Palestine, they might think of it as their own struggle for freedom and justice. We used to say in the past that, that when the Arab world is free, Palestine will be free. But now, more than ever, I've started to see that when the Palestinians are free, that's when you know that the Arab world will be free. Word. Gosh, I love that. Absolutely. Sorry, Nasser. I was going to say word. I mean, preach, sister. It is absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we lived it, Samah and I, at the same age, although I look remarkably much older. Um, <laughs> we lived that dynamic that, in fact, our freedom was was secondary but now in fact when palestine is free the arabs will be free it is it's completely inverse today absolutely and so there is so much there is so much hope out there there is so much reason to be hopeful and you know what i'm glad to see that chapter ending that the oslo chapter although there are still resonance of it out there but um i i think it it couldn't have happened sooner we need to move on with our struggle in the way that, that is suitable to the days that we live in, to the times that we live in. Couldn't agree more, Samah. Thanks so much. Samah, President Biden has made, well, I read a report today, President Biden's made 10 phone calls since becoming president to leaders outside the world. The context of the article was about Scott Morrison, ScoMo, still, wor- still waiting for his phone call. <laughs> but also on that list, Benjamin Netanyahu hasn't had a call. Hmm. Now, in the normalization, you know, the, the reason we're normalizing is that, you know, we're all in a battle against Iran, against the Persian Empire. And rather than land for peace, the dynamic from the Gulf became weapons for peace. Mm-hmm. There was a sale of some $50 billion worth of Absolutely. Yeah. Um, F-35s. Well, President Trump signed that on his last day. President Biden has suspended the sale. And I'm wondering if you want to speak to the dynamic in the past we had to go, America had to get Israeli approval to get weapon sales into the Arab world, where today the, um, the pact, the normalization, weapons for peace. Now the Emiratis need Israel to speak to Biden to make sure the sale goes through because otherwise it's tenuous at best. Yeah, look, it's very interesting to watch American politics. And I'm, I'm no expert on American politics, but I know that there's a lot of struggle within the Democratic Party in, in the, sh- the way forward. There are a lot of new and fresh voices in the Democratic Party who um, have adopted a more humane approach to uh, and a more responsible approach to human rights in general and to uh, the region, the Arab world and ties with Israel. So there's a little bit of a, a discussion in there. I don't know how much of that discussion is going to really matter in the end when it comes to how the US will behave. I'm curious to watch. I'm not holding my breath, but I know that we, we will see a, a significant change, at least from, from the Trump era. We might see a going back to the Obama era, which we used to think was pretty bad <laughs> until we tried Trump. So I, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm curious to see where things end. I am excited 
uh, by the presence of these new voices in Congress. You have a Palestinian in Congress. I mean, talk about the change of times. So uh, things are changing and it might be, it might seem like a slow change, but it's, it's a watch and see kind of thing. Yeah, watch and see. So what, what do you think our listeners, well, our listeners will get when they register for the forum with Free Palestine Melbourne? Again, the details will be in the podcast. What can they expect from yourself and your fellow academics? I know you're an academic as well, but those two are very academic and you're much more of a poet laureate. I am really looking forward, actually, talking uh, with my other co-panelists, Khalid uh, Haroub and Ahmed Azim. I know that we don't uh, agree on everything, uh, which is a good thing. And so I'm looking forward to the discussion. Whenever Palestinians talk with each other, especially you know, when you have an academic at Birzeit University um, and another one in Cambridge, and then I'm here in Australia, there's always this, you go into these discussions knowing that you're looking at the world through different filters. Um, Although you agree on the broad uh, strokes, you agree on freedom for Palestine, Uh, but we're all subjected to different experiences. So I'm really excited to listen to them and uh, to hear what they have to say. Uh, It will be political, I'm sure, because when when you put three Palestinians on a panel, uh, it will be political. But I will pepper it with as many stories as possible, I suppose. I don't know, Mel, what are you expecting? You're the one that put us all together. Yeah, I mean, we were hoping to have quite a political discussion. When we put this panel together, it did come out of what you were talking about earlier, Sama, around the despair that was being felt and communicated. And so it was a request from within the group, from some of the Palestinian members within our group, to give space to this discussion, uh, to bring people together um, that could talk to all the different layers of this, the dynamics And I I loved listening to you talk, Sama, about the hope that you have. If we can bring out all the political dynamics, all the ins and outs, uh, I mean, we're being ambitious, but the avenues and the points for change and movement forward, uh, that would be a really successful discussion. And if people walk away with a sense of possibility, because when these so-called peace agreements came out, I mean, even to you know the most cynical person, it was obvious what, and anyone who understands Trump, which we all do, um, it was sort of obvious what these were. But to then listen to Palestinian voices about this, it felt it was hard to fully understand. So I'm hoping, yeah, our listeners can can get a sense of where the opportunities are for moving forward and growth and strengthening the struggle for Palestinian liberation, and and also for the listeners who will be non-Palestinian, but allies and activists for the Palestinian struggle, where we can support and hold space for that movement forward. Great. Well, I think we'll be able to achieve that with those superstars and uh, Samah. Samah, one of the things that I I think we should talk on that, the death of Oslo, you know, the movement away from the concept that there was ever an honest brokering of peace. You know, it's been 28 years now since that White House handshake. And, you know, our very best and brightest said it was a trap, Dr. Edward Said, and he was right. And I think recently we've seen polls in, in Palestine that are seeing a huge move away from, we're about to have elections and we're not sure, I'm pretty sure who, who we're going to get as another president. The move forward, somehow, you spoke about it before, but without the population inside 48, how are they dealing with it? So the move forward uh, at, at the leadership level, needs to not start with the pretense of elections under a flawed process within a box 
that has expired a long time ago. So I think change is the, what is needed at the leadership level in Palestine is not an election for a, a failed uh, authority within a box that has expired a long time ago, where only a third of the Palestinian population get to vote and then the election results may or may not be respected or, or, or may or may not lead to anything if an election ever happens. I think what, we, what is really needed is, is for us to have elections for the, the Palestine National Legislative Council. Uh, we need to have, uh, the PLO needs to be up for reforms. We need to be able to engage with Palestinians everywhere in the diaspora and in the refugee camps outside of Palestine. You cannot have elections under occupation. You cannot have uh, a sense of governance under um, military occupation where you are dependent on the occupiers for everything to do, not just with the elections, but with the salaries that these representatives will receive. So the whole idea that we can have statehood is an idea that should have been dead and buried by now. Uh, statehood under occupation should have been buried by now. So I, what I believe is we need to reform the PLO um, and the first step needs to be um, elections at the higher level. Um, and uh, what we're seeing now is just theatrics, unfortunately, in, in the West Bank and Gaza between two factions uh, that need to keep the theater going, that need to keep uh, this act going because their survival depends on it. And that's just not acceptable because their survival is coming at the detriment of the Palestinian people under occupation. And as we said earlier, at the detriment of the Palestinian people, that necessarily translates to the freedom and liberation of all Arab people. Exactly. Samah, thank you so very much for joining us. And Mel from Free Palestine Melbourne, thank you so very much. Remember, the, um, the details for this event will be in the podcast. But if you go to fpmelbourne.org, fpmelbourne.org, go to the events page there. It's this coming Wednesday. Uh, 8 p.m. till 9.30, some wonderful Palestinians. You'll hear from them about normalisation and what it means to, to Palestinians. Thanks again, ladies, so very much for joining us this morning, and we wish you the very best. Thank you so much, Nasser. Thank you, Nasser. Thank, thank you, thank you Summer. Thanks, Mel. That was the amazing Samah Sarawi joining us, as well as Mel from Free Palestine, Melbourne. You could do a lot worse than spending Wednesday night at the event, fpmelbourne.org. Click on the events page and make sure you register for this coming Wednesday. Thanks for listening to another show. Remember to subscribe. Go to 3cr.org.au. Click on the link there. Subscribe. Australia needs 3CR. Palestine needs 3R. We need independent media. So go to that website, 3cr.org.au, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine. Stay tuned for another ad and a little bit of music. And look forward to speaking to you next week. The media in this country, we as Indigenous people know, have censored our right of telling the truth. And the truth is what this country is most fearful of, in particular Indigenous truths. Until history is told by the vanquished lens, which is our people telling our story our way, and have the right to be able to incorporate that into a system of learning, well, people are always going to be denied that truth by deceit and lies. When you look at the type of psychological warfare, 
spiritual warfare that Aboriginal people are caught in. It's not just in the sense of military when they talk about weapons of mass destruction, but you're right, it's in terms of the media and the industry of media as a warfare against our people and so is religion, I believe, in the Western sense. They're, they're all weapons of mass destruction against our, our people. We need to keep Radical Voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 <laughs> والحياة والنجاة والهناء والرجاء في هواك في هواك موطني موطني الشباب لن يكل همه أن تستقل أو يبيد أو نستقي من الردى ولن نكون للعدا كالعبيد كالعبيد لا نريد لا نريد ذلنا المؤبدة وعيشنا المنكدة ذلنا المؤبدة وعيشنا المنكدة لا نريد بل نعيد مجدنا التاليد